Grounded! Four's crash landing in the mountains of Druckenwell has left him alone behind enemy lines. With his headhunter permanently grounded, can Four traverse the hazardous hilltops while evading capture? Will he make it back to Revenant Squadron and escape the clutches of the Empire? Or has Four flown his final flight? mountainous forest north of SGI-9, a battered and broken Z-95 headhunter has crash-landed, leaving a scar in the spindly trees amongst the jagged rocks. The smell of burning electronics and plasteel fills the cockpit as alarms blare. Inside, a veteran clone trooper slowly begins to come to. Greetings and welcome to the Dicey Cantina. I'm Andrew, your host and GM, and tonight I'm joined once again by Paul. How you doing, Paul? I'm doing well. So for our audience, give us a little introduction into who you'll be playing tonight. Tonight I'm playing Four, who is a, uh, as you said, a veteran Clone Wars pilot. He is um, a little bit worse for wear, but ready to help out the Rebellion. He had a little bit of mechanical problem last session that I was playing, and so now we're getting to play the uh, resolution. It's been several months. Do you remember the events that led to Four's crash landing? I do. Four and the rest of Revenant Squadron, two other former clone pilots, as a matter of fact, softening up a target, uh, I think an SGI complex, so that the Rebel ground team could get in what they do. As I recall, we did a great job hitting our target and sweeping the place, but the last little missile there managed to catch up to me, and that was it. That headhunter. That's right. That You guys were hitting the secret Imperial research base just north of SGI-9. It was rumored to contain all sorts of manners of weapons research and things along those lines. But you did successfully hit the ventilation port. Unfortunately for four, you know, trailing behind, being the last man out, the end of the explosion caught his head on her and brought him down to a relatively safe landing. I mean, any landing you can walk away from is a good landing, right? That's absolutely true. So let's uh, start out tonight by rolling our destiny pool one dark side. That's always nice. Oh, well, I'll balance it out with one light side. <laughs> Perfectly balanced, as all things should be. Perfectly balanced. Well, you are also in luck this evening because Donate for Destiny is still a thing here in our second season. And so, in fact, you have two more light side tokens added this evening. Well, that's awesome. That'll come in very handy. Thank you to the generous donators. Yeah. Or, yeah donate tours. Don't donators. Thank you for donating. Thank you for donating. So yeah, as I described, you know, uh, four is coming to in his cockpit, uh, you know, hitting the ground. He blacked out briefly. There's kind of this, there's an eerie calm kind of breeze in the trees above, but it's not without the alarm uh, blaring in the, the headhunter indicating that, you know, there's some mechanical issues. What's, uh, what's four going to do as he's coming to He's going to look around, get his bearings a little bit, and then begin his work as a very experienced pilot. He's This isn't his first rush with disaster. It may not even be, it's probably not even his first loss of an aircraft or a spacecraft. So he's going to start going through the procedures to get himself uh, unstrapped and out of here, gather up his crash survival kit, make sure he's got his little holdout or his, his light blaster pistol with him and, and get moving. Because he, he knows, like any good pilot, that enemy ground forces are likely on the way to take him prisoner excellent so four is gathering the survival kit getting unstrapped there's a all indicators are that the the system isn't gonna fly again for you there's a big crack in your canopy and as you crawl out you can see that the sun has traversed across the sky when you went down it was just about dawn it's now in the late afternoon you can see from the the scar in the trees that you're 
headhunter left behind in that trail there's uh one wing further down that's snapped off from the ship and there's you know smoke and some some damage clearly visible i think i think for your first role one of the things that four would know to do is to ensure that his navy computer erased so i think we're going to start with a hard computers check Ooh, okay now that will be uh hard is three purple that's three purple it's my computer <laughs> I may be a little bit of a disadvantage here. We may have to throw a uh, destiny token in this way, this direction, but we'll see if this works. So that is uh, three purple versus my two green. All right. Well, there we go. Two successes and four threat. My first first instinct is to uh, get myself out of the cockpit. Obviously, some time is a good deal of time has passed while I've been unconscious. I know that that's probably super bad for you <laughs> to have that amount of time elapsed. But in the past, I've, I was severely burnt uh, in, a, in, in a previous uh, downship. So my first instinct is to get out of the cockpit as quickly as poss possible. Um, of course, as I do that, I realize that I have a duty to erase my Navi computer. And so I'm going to try to force myself to uh, stay in a cockpit that uh, may or may not be burning around me and try to get this uh, Navi computer erased. Describe for me what it looks like to erase a Navi computer in star wars oh well being that it's uh you know 70s and 80s sci-fi you got you know like lots of some good buttons i'm gonna have to like flip a switch here and you know turn a couple dials at the same time and watch this sort of crt monitor little deal go from lines of data kind of that you know uh, all kind of erase and go down to a single white line that just kind of disappears and the screen blank nice i, I think you get the confirmation screen you know are you sure and i think for for one of your threats uh it doesn't doesn't go immediately you've got to punch it really shake the console around to to get it to go so you're gonna suffer one strain from that because you had four All threats right. so the the other right. three that that i'm going to cash in is going to be as you're climbing out of the cockpit now you've got you've gathered your materials and and all of that your survival kit you hear on the other side of the headhunter so if you're exiting on the north side of the cockpit on the opposite side uh the, so that the headhunters between you and this noise that you hear you hear a kind of a crackle in the bushes and a couple of voices saying it's over here we we found it better radio it in now, my first reaction is to, is to think to myself how quickly they found me, but then I realize I've been asleep probably most of the day or, you know, unconscious most of the day. So maybe they weren't that fast after all. But as soon as I make sure that the console or the, the Navi computer is erased, I'm going to try to slip out to the other side of the cockpit and get the get the wreckage between me and where I heard the voices and maybe try to slip away. Awesome. Let's go for a uh, stealth check then as you're trying to sneak off into the woods there. How hard would you like that to be? It's going to be their vigilance, which is going to be a purple and a red. I could do that. Fortunately, Ors being a very good pilot has very good agility. So even my untrained stealth managed to pull off a little bit here. I've got three successes and one advantage. Awesome. What do you want for that advantage? You know, I think I might want that strain back. <laughs> okay. That might come in handy here in a few minutes, so. Yeah, so you, you're able to kind of sneak off into the wood. These are kind of mountainous pine trees. You've got a lot of kind of relatively scraggly looking kind of evergreen trees that are on this kind of rocky terrain. Uh, you're on the north side of the mountain range. Further north to you is the ocean that you flew over to head towards the secret base. Over the mountain range to the south is SGI Area 9 and really most of Druckenwell. Uh, you're kind of on the northern tip 
northern edge of the continent. But Druckenwells is an industrialized planet, so it's not unheard of for these woods to be littered with various industrial equipment, things for gathering water, piping power and energy and fuel and things along those lines as well. Uh, you get a, a look as you're heading into the woods, and you can see it's two scout troopers that have come across your headhunter and are slowly approaching the cockpit with their holdout blasters drawn just to check and see if the pilot inside is alive. Um, where where are you heading? They haven't seen you. Where, where are you going to go? Now, that's a good question. I have my, my instinct is obviously going to be to evade and escape these guys, but I'm also going to need to call somebody for pickup. Uh, now, I'm looking through my crash survival kit here, mm -hmm. and actually, it's not listed. There may not be, there may not be a um, communications device in this, so I may have to figure that out somehow. But at, at, at the very least, what we're going to do is we're going to start making a good effort to put some distance between me and these two scout troopers. Yeah, which, which direction are you going ahead do you think uh so i got out on the opposite side of the wreck uh which side would you say what kind of direction are they in they would have come from sgi 9 so they came from the south over the mountain range uh on their speeder bikes presumably i'm not sure where they left them uh you can certainly look for them if you like and so you would have been on the north end of the crashed ship it would have been oriented to the east uh its nose would have been oriented to the east and so you got out on the north side they came up on the south side um and then you made your way when you you snuck away i pictured it as you were able to kind of loop around to the east and so you just you're just barely a little bit to the east of your wreck on the north side of that that mountain range you know mentioning that they have speeder bikes that's kind of a that might be very helpful i think i'm going to continue sort of moving east and then you know maybe once i've gotten some distance from them i might try to you know back southwest and, and try to get some uh try to figure out where they park their bikes if, if possible but but for now, I'm trying to make some distance until I can get a handle on the situation. So we'll uh, continue east along the along the coast there, I guess. Okay. Uh, let's go with a survival check then, just to, to navigate this. I'm kind of what I'm picturing the terrain looks like. You can see how it's rocky and it's got the, the trees kind of all the way up to the coast. It's got a bit of the a cliff that along most of the northern edge of that island. And so navigating along those sides, you've just got to pick your way across kind of the ridge there. It's going to be a, we'll go with an average with a setback. That is going to be one failure. So as you move along this this ridge, the ground itself is a little bit more covered in moss than you expected, and that it's kind of damp. And even though it's the afternoon, it's still a little foggy from the ocean blowing in, you know, the, the waves and the crash and all of that. And, and so you uh, slip and you kind of slide along a, a little bit of a ravine before catching yourself on a, on a bit of root. You're not too far from the, the troopers, but you did succeed in your stealth roll, so presumably they haven't heard you, but you have uh, lost your bearings a little bit. Alrighty. <clears throat> Let's see. Well, I know the mountains are to the south, so if I take a look at the way the land is, kind of, you know, uh, the height difference, you know, uh, is where try to look towards the mountains. I know that's the south, and I know the other direction is roughly north. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to kind of face north and turn to the right real suddenly. <laughs> so you're in a you're in a bit of a ravine. Okay. From when oh, you yeah. when you slip. Right. So you've got you've got kind of tall sides to this kind of foresty area all around you with the the mist to it. Well, I'm going to definitely have to yeah, I'm going to definitely have to work my way out of this. I'll have to either continue down the ravine hopefully towards the coast or you know an exit or at least to where uh, I can get 
up to the side, and we'll try to move as quietly as possible. I know I may have made some noise slipping on the rocks, so... Let's do a perception check next. That. That's what I asked for as you're looking around and orienting yourself. Uh, how difficult? We'll make it average for now. All right. That is two success and one threat. So as you follow the, the ravine along until it kind of comes back out to an opening, you can see that you've been traveling a little bit to the the south. Uh, you kind of not quite have gone in a circle, but you, you've done like three quarters of kind of a loop around. The, the troopers would presumably not be too far off from you. And as you're cautiously kind of moving between the trees and everything, you've gotten your bearings back, uh, you hear this kind of mechanical droid-like footstep in the, the underbrush. It reminds you of the Clone Wars. There's an eerie kind of familiarity with the gears and the kind of sound. It sounds like one of the larger droids that you had to face. It's off in the distance a little bit. You're not sure, certain where it is yet, but, you, but you've heard this sound. So I uh, check my light blaster pistol and remind myself also that it's a light blaster pistol. And then I'm going to try to put as much distance between myself and that as I possibly can while maintaining some uh, some stealth here. But I'm going to probably try to continue with the effort to get out of the ravine still so that I can have a little more freedom of movement. Let's do an athletics check to kind of climb over that last bit of the Alrighty. ravine. Yeah, we'll do to... average with a setback again. Alrighty. Two success and one advantage. First question is going to be, what do you, how do you want to spend that advantage? I was thinking if I could, I think with one advantage, I could still send them a setback, can't I? So maybe any kind of a setback or hindrance to them tracking me uh, if they're kind of on my trail. Mm, yeah, you kind of are extra hidden there. Yeah, so I'm going to uh, do that, take take a little extra care because of the uh, uh, droid that I hear trying to track me. You know, now that it's not just two guys on speeders, mm-hmm. um, got to take, gotta take some extra measures. So I'm going to cover my trail a little bit and continue to try to move out of this ravine gain some more freedom of direction. So as you kind of get to the the crest of the, the ravine, you're able to kind of see out from the brush that's there. And as you kind of orient yourself, you can see that you're more or less at the, the top of the, the first kind of ridge there. You can see a good long ways. And so off to your west, you can see a rather large black plume of smoke that is presumably the secret research base that was taken out by your team there. To your south, almost due south from your current position, you also see a plume of black smoke, but it's it's significantly smaller, presumably because it's in the far distance. You're seeing kind of over the mountaintops and into the this urban environment that's got already some lights kind of turning on for getting ready for the evening. So you kind of get a little bit of an orientation towards that's likely where your second phase of the mission was. That that's the direction of SGI Area Nine. I would, I think, I think I would take a moment to sort of enjoy the feeling of having done my job and knowing that the that the mission was able to progress, and hopefully that hopefully that smoke rising is uh, the ground team getting their job done. While I'm on this kind of ridge ridge or uh, elevation, I'm going to take out one of the two emergency com links that is in my survival kit here, and I'm going to maybe try to contact any rebel forces that I know might still be listening or in the area. <clears throat> yeah, okay. Tell me what that message is. This is for Mayday Mayday. I have crashed landed in the mountains north of SGI complex. I am requesting any 
help and uh, emergency extraction. I'm currently being pursued by Imperial forces. Is there anyone listening? And I flip my only dark side point, and you hear this kind of garbled... Do you get the sense that your comm is jammed? Okay. There's some some communication jamming going on in your current location. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I weigh the benefits and uh, you know risks of activating my emergency distress beacon, and I think what I'm going to do is try to get a little more distance between myself and the people hunting me, or at least the droid hunting me, before I activate this distress beacon, because they could possibly home in on it just as easily as my friends could. So I will maybe... While I've got a moment on this elevated area, I'm going to take stock of the terrain around me and then try to pick up maybe a best course towards uh, the coastline. Yeah. Uh, looking around, you see that you couldn't have picked a worse place to crash. The You're kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place. Uh, it's not that the terrain is impassable, but it is, uh, for all intents and purposes, difficult terrain, uh, being that the mountain range runs kind of north-south, but it's wide enough that you're kind of, you're going to be climbing mountains uh, no matter which direction you head. The troopers are, the scout troopers are presumably to your, let me get this right, northwest at this point. The uh, And they're at the crash site still presumably just past that further to the west and still a little to the north is the uh destroyed base again due south is sgi area 9 and further beyond the horizon central isthmus is the location that they you were told to make your way to if there was a problem you know the dicey cantina would be a, a good shelter but it's about half an island away to the southwest and across the mountains and across the mountains. Everything is across the mountains for you presently. <laughs> uh, you do know that the this northern tip that you are, that the ocean falls not far to your north. And it has all those jagged pillars that you were weaving in and out of when you were making your approach. You know that, the, that there's a peninsula that comes off and stretches out to the east, which will flatten out to become more beach-like towards that way. But there's also not much out there. And then, yeah, I, I think that's about what you're able to gather from the top of this ridge. All right. So obviously heading towards my pursuers is a bad idea. I think crossing the mountains at this point and going into SGI Area 9 would be a bad idea. So maybe if I keep myself, keep the mountains between myself and the SGI forces and kind of circle along the coast, there's a chance that I might come upon something useful or at the very least be able to move a little bit better if uh, the shore gets a little less, uh, a little more beach-like and less rocky um i may i I may just start uh continuing east down along uh uh, you know northeast maybe to hit the coastline and and then and then continue around a little bit maybe Mm. see what i get by doing that let's go with an athletics check all right so and for the the sake of clarity uh as well i'll mention what the coast looks like for you right now right you know, that's it's got some steep drop-offs and it's got the trees on the way. It's not sandy beaches, at least not yet. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully I can, if, if I, you know, maybe if I continue along the coastline enough, we'll hit a, hit a uh, sandier section of yeah. coastline, but yeah. So let's go with an another average with a setback uh, athletics check just to, to keep moving east. This is going to be one failure and one threat. And of course, as I fail, I'm going to grumble to myself. You know, if I wanted to put in this much physical exertion, I would have just signed up for the infantry. And with that, a root gives way underneath your feet and you plummet down another 
ravine and hit kind of a a, a wash, you know, a, a small fast running creek that takes you into a pool of water. Oh, everybody's favorite. Okay. <laughs> you you hit this pool with a with a splash and you, you kind of bob back up for air after a couple minutes of being under this kind of more or less light waterfall and you've you've come out in a bit of a cave system. There's still light streaming in from where you came in, but the it's more or less a, a tunnel that's above you. You've got a bit of rocky terrain that you can pull yourself up on uh, and take stock, but you're presently trapped in a cave. Oh, great. Okay. I am going to take a moment to make sure that I haven't lost any of my gear, uh, check my blaster, check my survival kit here, and then, of course, maybe take out the thermal cloak and wrap it around myself, uh, since I imagine I'm going to be getting cold here and, in a, you know, wet in the cave. I might take a moment to drink a little bit of water and eat a ration bar, and then knowing that this water has to be flowing somewhere, probably towards the coast and the ocean and where I want to go, I'm going to, make, if there's a way to walk along the uh, this water here inside the cave, I may try, try to follow the water, see if I can get out. So the cave itself is more or less kind of a domed area. You've got a almost a full circle around from the area that you came in. You can see you have daylight coming from the, the wash that you came down. So it's not pitch black for you, but there are no immediate signs of an exit. Okay, let's see. So I'm going to start looking around at my emergency pack here. I've got, I notice I've got about 50 meters of high strength microfiber and a flare gun. I am wondering, oh, that's probably not a good idea. Using a flare gun as a grappling hook, maybe not be, maybe not be a good idea. Is there, is there any other way out of here besides the way I came in? Presently, you don't see one. You can roll to explore this cave a little bit. You do also have four light side tokens. Yeah, why don't we spend some of those light side tokens to maybe give me a little bit of a clue or some, some help as I explore this cave, try to get out of here. So this rock formation is kind of interesting as you take another look around. Because, again, you're not in pitch darkness or anything along those lines. There's still a bit of light coming through. And as you continue to kind of wonder what your options are, you notice that the the, the light is not only coming from the, the shaft from where this river feeds into this this kind of domed cave, but also from the the far end, from underneath the pool. It's rippling and it's kind of hard to see, but there does appear to be an exit under the water, kind of heading in the same direction that the, the river was flowing. So presumably this is just a, a weird cave outcropping that has created kind of a pool, but continues on down uh, and away. Okay. Well, I may be going for a swim here. I do have a respirator in my in, in this emergency kit, but that is not the same as a rebreather. So I'm think so depending on what uh, Star Wars uh, has kind of decided is the difference, I may not may or may not be able to uh, use it to help me get past this whole this whole deal. The presumably what's ahead of you, mechanically speaking, is an athletics check, and you have flipped a token for this exit, and so I will grant an upgrade to that as well. Okay, let's go with that. I have a feeling that a respirator is more of like a uh, filtration device than a yeah than an alternative uh, source of oxygen here. But you know, right, so we're gonna make that hard. I think. Alrighty. Ooh, that's gonna be two failures. So you you gather your equipment around you. You kind of cinch it all kind of tight and make yourself ready and lower yourself into the pool 
and head in the direction of that light that you could see glimmering from it. And as you take a deep breath and kind of head down under the, the water in that direction, you're surprised by the, the current that's flowing through it. And very quickly, you're no longer swimming. You're tumbling. You're being pushed through. You're doing your best to avoid any rocks and, and, and crannies and things like that. But you're, you're carried away by the water and taken further in just the direction of the will of nature before, again, popping out over another waterfall and landing in an unceremonious pile on the, the ferns at the edge of this uh, mountain. You, you've traversed your way down into the valley in the direction of the of SGI Area 9. The water is actually flowing away from the coast, which is interesting, but it's just because of the way this mountain range is that it has carried you in the direction of the city. Well, two crash landings in one day has got to be a record. Thanks for joining us in the Dicey King team. And thanks to Paul for playing in these episodes. If you're enjoying the show, be sure and leave a five-star rating and review on your favorite podcatcher. And if you're interested in behind-the-scenes content, bonus episodes, and early release, check out our Patreon. Thanks to everyone who's donated to Donate to Destiny so far. And if you're interested in donating, check out the link in the show notes. Also in the show notes are the links to all our social media, so reach out and stay in touch, particularly on Discord. Be sure and stay tuned for a preview of another great podcast. But that's all for now, so pull up a stool, and we'll see you next time on the Dicey Cantina. A long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, there were still stories waiting to be told. Force Majeure is an actual play Star Wars podcast, following groups of emergent Force sensitives trying to survive the worst the Outer Rim can throw at them. So if you like action, adventure, thrilling yarns and good tea, you might enjoy Force Majeure. Find us on Twitter at Force Majeure Pod or online at forcemajeurepod.com or wherever you find your podcasts.